Good evening, everyone. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss, and you are listening to Lag Radio, your weekly source of video game appreciation, chiptune idolatry, super sweet giveaways, and so very much more. On the show this evening, we are covering, ah, yes, the fan-favorite franchise, what we've been waiting for for too, too long to cover. We're talking about Pokemon. We're going Pokemon this evening. We're not just covering any Pokemon game, though. We could do Red blue right we could do the classics we could do something more recent could do like x and y or sun and moon no we're going to the golden the silver we could the, do pokemon ranger we could get the <laughs> pokemon there, conquest there are way too we many pokemon. dungeon <laughs> yeah there's pokemon way mystery. too pokemon. battle troze <laughs> Stop. it's not a real pokemon game snap you're making words up now this is all a lie. We are covering Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal this evening. Second generation takes place in the fictional land of Johto. We're going to be talking about the game's history and development cycle, of course, from uh, Game Freaks and Nintendo. We're going to be talking about the story in a little bit. We're going to try and cover as much as we can, but also there's not a whole lot to cover, but we probably could talk about the lore. I don't know. We'll get into it. So lore is coming up a little bit later on. We're going to talk, of course, a little bit about the soundtrack, just touch on very briefly the composer and uh, some of the great songs in it, as well as playing songs from it. And then finally, we're going to wrap up the show with our gameplay elements. We're going to be talking about what makes this game arguably, in some people's minds, not even arguably, the best Pokemon game ever made. Well, generation of games. I mean, yeah, I guess it is all the same game, just retooled slightly. Basically. Like there's a few. I mean, we'll talk about. It's kind of hard to explain but... if you're not familiar with Pokemon at all. Like just yeah. like, like it's one game kind of split into two slash three. Right, for sure. All right, so we're gonna be getting into all that very very shortly. If you don't already know the other voices in this room, would you like to introduce yourselves, gentlemen? Starting with the man to my left. Uh, I'm Alex. I host Palette Swapped on Tuesday nights from 10 p.m. to midnight. Welcome back, Alex. Thank you. I am Henry. I host Nippon Overdrive Saturdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Welcome back, Henry. I'm Brandon. I'm a dude. <laughs> Welcome back, dude. <laughs> he had a really good show before, but he doesn't have it on currently. Rip in peace. Rip yeah. in pepperonis. Well, <laughs> all right. We're all here again. The Smash crew reunites once more for another Nintendo title. We're going to be talking about Pokemon Crystal. We're also going to be doing a giveaway later on. If you don't already know, if you don't follow the socials, if you haven't been checking it out, facebook.com and twitter.com slash Radio. Instagram is at DJ double underscore Marmar. You can also find our main web webpage at lagradio.kuci.org. I've been plugging this Goldenrod Radio shirt. It's going to be the giveaway this week. If you want to win it, all you have to do is call in a little later on when I tell you to do so. Just call in the number 949-UCI-KUCI, 949-824-5824. You'll be able to win a very apropos giveaway for this week. It is the Goldenrod Radio, like, insignia i guess their icon it's the big tower and then it says goldenrod radio at the bottom as well i believe so it's a really wonderful red shirt and i will have it shipped straight to your doorstep if you call in and you're the first person to do so at the correct time all right without further ado let's get into the music first of course let's listen to the main theme to pokemon gold and silver since it's shared of course between uh crystal pretty much there's a few differences in the soundtracks but we're going to be playing stuff from gold and silver primarily uh, and then we're going to listen to the new Bark Towns theme. That is the starting town that you uh, arrive into the world with, and so we're going to start off with that as well. Again, thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. You're joined by Alex, Brandon, and Henry, and we are Lag Radio. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined by Alex, Henry, and Brandon, and we are Lag Radio. You just got done listening to the first three songs off of our Pokemon Crystal Night. Most recently in the background, you listened to Elm Research Institute, of course, the song in Professor Elm's lab. But then, we, that, but then we ran into a Pokemon, but quickly. <laughs> just, ah, where, did, where did it come from? <laughs> uh, we were able to escape, though, luckily. Yeah. Uh, but we also listened to New Barktown's theme, and then all the way at the top of the set was the Pokemon Gold and Silver main theme. All right, so as you may or may not already know, Lag Radio, we love to do history and development. We love to talk about the story of the game itself. So we're going to jump into that first and foremost. Okay, first off, Pokemon Gold and Silver basically the best games in the Pokemon franchise, which we can debate later. Happy to do so, of course. I mean, if you disagree, you're wrong, but happy to do so later. (laughs) Happy to shove my opinion in your face. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Basically, Gold and Silver was just like Red, Blue, and Yellow in the sense that it also spawned a definitive edition, quote-unquote definitive edition, in the form of Pokemon Crystal, which is what we particularly played when preparing for today's show. Uh, Pokemon Crystal had a couple of minor enhancements, stuff that we'll talk about later in the gameplay element section, but basically it was the same game uh, when it comes down to it. Now, it was first displayed in 1997, way back at the annual Nintendo Space World Expo. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. No. No. I think that's before my time, probably. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. You were a little baby? I was three during this one, so (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I guess so. That's true. I guess I I was maybe cognizant of what a convention might be at the age of seven, but I'm sure Alex had a little bit more self-awareness maybe at that age. <laughs> yeah, but again, this is this is before the internet, so right. you find out about it in Nintendo Power. True, true, very true. So yeah, they used to have the Nintendo Space World Expo. It was just this one-day event. Basically, it was like E3, but just for Nintendo products. And ever since then... Now it's called yeah. Nintendo Direct. Yeah, right. Now they just like <laughs> embrace the internet. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. But that has basically gone the way of the dodo ever since. So the dodo. Just, the, ooh, how about that? Ooh, I get that. I get that reference. Uh, <laughs> it's a Pokemon, everybody. These guys have some headaches, it looks like. Yeah, I, I have a migraine now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just reacting to Brandon reacting to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have a little bit of a discussion a little bit later on, maybe about like E3 and the relevance of E3 because I kind of wanted to talk about that since Nintendo this is this is basically what's happened like Nintendo was the one to say we're not going to do these showcases at E3 anymore we're going to kind of do our own thing um, kind of as a as a way to almost go back to what Nintendo was doing with Space World Expo but now of course like Alex mentioned it's just direct it was just an it's just an online thing that they do a couple times a year so uh, yeah we can talk about that a little bit later but during the 1997 edition of Space World Expo this was when Pokemon really wasn't widespread yet it had it had come out in japan um but it had not yet launched worldwide so it hadn't just like taken everything by storm and uh like alex also said internet was basically just kind of not where it is right now a lot of the stuff that that you had to use you know, like very slow connection through the uh phone line. right yeah 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 so it was information i mean not the only hobbyists really used it um it was getting a little popular at this point but yeah still like all the news you'd get about games and stuff were through newspapers overseas took forever as well it was only whatever that company decided to bring over uh to publicize sure yeah so there was this demo that was available for gold silver uh that came out in, in 1997 basically until recently we didn't know much about this demo it was just kind of like some hearsay some rumors here and there uh because there just wasn't anything from that time period that persisted over time uh, until just about the past year, maybe year and a half, I, if I recall, there was a, a leak of that demo online and it was a big deal. I remember seeing all these headlines about how there's all these different Pokemon that were 
never released in the game that that you could now see in this demo like they were able to mine it out of the demo or something or all this this concept art and stuff pretty interesting stuff never never reached the final build but um and that a lot of that information just got uh just just came out recently too yeah exactly yeah like like a lot of the images and and the the uh the file and everything yeah exactly it's crazy that we can we can actually play that demo from so long ago. not legally but we can play it if you <laughs> if you want to yeah i mean I guess it's, it's kind of a gray area because it never really it's not really a released thing but sure sure yeah. sure sure Interestingly, the starting town, the project, uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver's project title for the, the first town, wasn't New Bark Town, but instead, Silent Hills. Oh. Silent Hills. Oh. <laughs> uh, basically, what happened was is red, red and blue, or red and green, if you're in Japan, they, as soon as they were released, right away, Game Freak was like, we're just going to get right to work at the sequel, uh, Gold and Silver. And the problem, though, in this is that the game started taking off. Popularity started ballooning. Stuff like Pokemon Yellow was on their plate. They started putting that out, so it's more of a definitive edition of Red and Blue slash Red and Green. So that was on their plate. Pokemon Stadium was being made. All these different things. So the the Game Freaks team was actually really, really busy. Too much so. And so this actually led to a delay of Gold and Silver. Uh, If you didn't know this, at the time, the team that was working on Gold and Silver, it's four, four programmers, that's it. Yeah. Even with Pokemon being so popular as it was, even with the power of Nintendo backing them, just four dudes. Yep, that's it. It was an indie project. <laughs> Pokemon Gold and Silver, the indie, the indie project. One of Jeez. the best indie games of all time. <laughs> I just, I just don't get it. I don't get how they weren't able to put to put more people on this team, but mm. I don't know. So they had all these delays coming in, and of course, Miracle Man himself. We've discussed him numerous times in the past. Mr. Satoru Iwata, rest in peace. He came in. He gave his Midas touch to the Nintendo project, and he was able to help Game Freak really figure out how to make this game work. So uh, one of the things that he developed were these compression tools that are able to make the size of the animations, just like scrunch them all down. And he was also able to figure out a way in which they could shoehorn the entirety of the original map from Pokemon Red and Blue and Green and Yellow Kanto, right, into Gold, Silver, and Crystal. And this was kind of like this whoa sort of thing when you actually get into the game, especially as a kid. You have no idea this is coming up. You beat the game as Similar to, like, I mean, I Nintendo's first adventure game, Legend of Zelda, when you beat the game and you get the second quest, you're like, whoa, wait, there's a whole other game in here I didn't yeah. find out about? Right. Like, Nintendo's pretty notorious for doing that kind of thing. Right. But, like, this was, like, I don't know. It was nostalgia for something that was, like, two or three years before <laughs> so it was really cool but like yeah it's just something you wouldn't have expected at all really really wouldn't have expected it's crazy but i think the way that that he was able to do this from what i was seeing in some interviews and stuff was because if you if you're going through the kanto region in gold and silver you'll notice that there's certain buildings that you can't go into or uh i think it was the sylph tower or something that you're not able to access all of or for another example the cinnabar island right. totally different right in part, that was to save data, and um, and of course, like the like Viridian Forest, I believe. Yeah, I think it was that's just, just like, like a in the world. Yeah. Yep. yeah, they cut out Safari Park, the Safari mm-hmm. Zone, right? Right, right? Same sort of deal. Right. So all of these were just like little things here and there that they were able to also tweak around the story, quote unquote story, the background to like make sense, and they were able to still fit the whole damn thing. In. So yeah, very big accomplishment, very impressive. 
Iwata himself actually wasn't even a Nintendo employee at this time, though, but he was president of HAL Laboratories, which we've, of course, discussed in the past, But and he was also a board member over at Game Freak, the developers themselves. So it was around here where he was tapped to also try and figure out a way to localize red, blue, and yellow, and uh, yeah, he was just able to like basically look at the source code for these games and just be like, yep, I think this is what we need. It's just, what? What kind of... I don't know if I'd say it's intelligence or just aptitude no, or what. It's kind of like when, like what he did with Earthbound, in that he's just he's able to organize this stuff in his mind in a way that makes sense. In his, I don't know. It's like his organization and and uh, like skills for action and everything. Like he he made a huge like a, its own program of like what stuff needs to get done. He's just super efficient. And it's right. like I don't know. Like we didn't really realize all this until I mean I didn't because we I personally didn't research all this stuff about what he did to what games but it's pretty amazing when you see like just how talented he wasn't he wasn't just the president of nintendo at the time he died but like just i don't know all the stuff he made work and and worked so well as well it's wild stuff now one of the other reasons why the games had to be delayed though in addition to just having so many projects in addition to such a small team but it was also because of how greedy the team was with their features this was how actually he Iwata himself described the team uh, in a later interview. He said that basically, like all these features that they were that they wanted in the game, they pushed super hard for. They wanted them all to make it in there. Stuff that they weren't able to put into red, blue, and yellow and and green. Uh, they wanted to to put all this in there, and they didn't want to make any sort of cuts to the quality. So uh, you know, it may have been delayed, but in the end, as many many games kind of uh, later on discover, it's worth it. It's worth the delay. Don't put out a yep. crappy project, especially mm-hmm. when you're not able to. At this time, you know, 1997, you're not able to patch it to roll after. It back, yeah, yeah, anything like that. So, yeah, good, good call to do that. The Pokemon designs themselves were all ideas from the Game Freak team's childhood memories. So, if you, I don't know if you guys know, of course, the story of Satoshi Tajiri, the creator of Pokemon, and how he thought about Pokemon as like these little insects that would crawl across the link cable between Game Boys, and and they reminded him of his childhood when he was battling like bugs against each other or whatever, right? Because that's what Japanese school children do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically, the team was just kind of tapped to, to try and figure out what they would use from their childhood memories and and make a creature out of what would you guys make a pokemon out of can you think about some of your childhood memories i i for some reason i remember that i used to grab like they weren't moths but they looked like moths just in my grandparents garden and they were like black caterpillar guys well no they were like gold colored and they had like powder on them or i don't know what they were even called but I figure there's like Venomoth already. Yeah. So I guess sure. a gold Venomoth <laughs> would Pretty much probably be mine. Everything has been created. Yeah. Like <laughs> at, oh, at this point, yeah. But back in those days, even then, yeah, the Venomoth was taken. All right. All right. I mean, it could be just like an inanimate object, though. It doesn't have to be a creature necessarily, right? Because now we've got like washing machine Pokemon, like a and... vanilla ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd probably do trash. something like like Earthbound. I guess something just completely, completely strange that you wouldn't. I don't know. Something very like surreal maybe okay all right i dig it henry anything yeah i got nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's fine just thinking if you have any sort of particular childhood memories i think one of my favorite things my mom used to bake me as a kid was cinnamon toast mm. like just toast put some butter on it put some cinnamon sugar bam that's it that's all you need well then you have to invent a new type for that pokemon because i have no idea what that would be <sighs> normal food pokemon i'm thinking normal because normal. it's like a piece of bread 
Like that's yeah. like a but piece of that's not normal any normal piece of bread. That is that's a, true. Mm. That is extraordinary. Maybe it could be it could be a piece of toast, and then the evolved form is like a little bit burnt. Right. No, the evolved so form could be, be like a cinnamon a fire roll. Normal. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sure, it's a U, and then this final form is completely <laughs> wrapped in. Sweet. I like this. All right. See, this is what's happening. We're making Pokemon games right we now. We just made a new game. We just, we just But did they it. really do need a food type Pokemon, or mm, as a type, because they already have Vanilla Ice. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe it'll happen one day. We'll see. Garbador. Garbador, <laughs> dude. <laughs> garbage. Mm-hmm. All right. We're getting a little too far from that. <laughs> All right, you know what? How about this? Let's jump into some music How again. About that? Let's listen to uh, a battle against a wild Pokemon. Maybe it's a cinnamon toast Pokemon. Who knows? And then we're gonna listen to some Pokemon Center music because maybe our Pokemon got beat up by the cinnamon toast mon. And then we're gonna listen to my personal favorite, one of the obscure songs that only happens once in the game. We're gonna listen to Guide. All right, with that, let's jump into the music. Thank you for listening to KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM in Irvine. Again, my name is Marwin the Midboss. I'm joined by Henry, Alex, and Brandon, and we are Lag Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to KUCI eighty-eight point nine FM in Irvine. My name is Marwin the Midboss, and I'm joined by Henry, Alex, and Brandon. We are Lag Radio, and we are discussing Pokemon Crystal. All right, we just got done listening to a four-song set. Most recently was Professor Oak's theme. Before that one was Guide, which plays when you are being guided around during the kind of like tutorial section of uh, Cherry Grove City. Before that one, we listened to Pokemon Center, which I'm sure everyone knows and has drilled into their brains for the rest of time. And then Slightly all the way... different than the original, though. True, true. There's an extra waveform there. And this is true. And then all the way at the top of the set was Battle versus Wild Pokemon. So... We're talking about the history and development of the game. We were just talking about how there were some crazy designs of the <laughs> Pokemon over time and what we would want to do if we could make some Pokemon. But uh, really, though, when it comes down to it, all these Pokemon, they were all super, super popular. They're all beloved by kids and adults alike, and they produced a ridiculously, ridiculously great game that everyone loved. It made it to basically become the third best-selling game in all of Game Boy history. We're talking Game Boy, Game Boy Color, all of it. Uh, 23 million copies sold worldwide just behind Tetris, which is actually unfair because Tetris was bundled with a Game Boy. And so it got like, uh, uh, it doesn't count. But only beaten by the original Pokemon Red, Blue, and Green. So not Y though. Y actually is like, I think by itself number six or something on the list or seven. Like, just by itself, it's got that many sales. It's crazy. People love Pikachu. Love Pikachu. So, yeah, ridiculously well Oh, you're talking about Yellow. Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> thinking Pokemon Y. I know it's not Game Boy, but I'm thinking Pokemon Y, which oh, is oh, still oh, a game. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> so, basically, when the game came out, Satoshi Tajiri, the creator of Pokemon, stepped down as the lead of all the Pokemon projects, handing off the reins to... Junichi Masuda, who was the series composer and also started taking on programmer roles as well because he had just happened to also be a programmer in addition to making all this wonderful music. Sure, why not? So, yeah, Tajiri himself was just stepping down because he thought, this is like, this is it. You know, I think these are probably going to be the final games in the Pokemon series. I think this is just like, this is the the pinnacle. And later on, there was a, an interview with Satoru Iwata and he said that, yeah, it was because they felt like Gold, Silver, Crystal were just too tough to follow. Like, they had so many improvements compared I to agree. the original ones. That how, how do you follow that up? Every game after that, just no good. Yeah, every <laughs> single follow-up has been like, eh, it's not as good as Crystal. There it is. And See, you hear, that's time. why you hear fans, like, say that, too. You hear fans say the same yeah. thing, where it's like, man, 
I don't know. At least you guys. Now, there are some people who are very vehemently into Ruby Sapphire Emerald, though. Very strongly. There was a big outcry for remakes, right? And they finally made Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. But. Radio that, silence, because nah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's not enough love in this room, I guess. Uh, I, yeah. you know, I never could get into those. I didn't beat that until I got Emerald like a few years later just to beat the game to get to the duplication glitch that you could do. <laughs> That's the only reason I played through Emerald. And it, even then I was like, oh, it's okay. But mm. I just like the Pokemon, like there's only a couple Pokemon that I liked, but I don't know. I couldn't, I can't really tell you the sprites were like really weird looking. Like they're mm. like different shaped and I don't know. It was just, uh, it was like when I, I bought it, I bought Sapphire when it came out and I'm just like, Oh, okay. And then I got like a couple gyms in and I'm like, I'm not really enjoying this as much as it also sure. it doesn't help that the uh the sound chip for the Game Boy Advance is <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's pretty bad. There's only one game that did uh that did well on that sound chip, but And what's that game? Mother Three. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, <laughs> like Mother Three is like Do you know any other games, Alex? <laughs> no. Checks out. Checks out. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not to talk crap on any of the other Pokemon games. It's not that they're bad games necessarily, but they definitely don't live up to the, to the hype of uh, the Gold, Silver, Crystal second generation. So, yeah, so Tajiri would still continue to be there, though. He still would be acting in an executive producer capacity for basically the rest of the series all through. Uh, he, I think he's even touched on uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, even that generation. So he's still around. He's still the CEO and uh, president of Game Freaks, as far as I'm aware, but his uh, his actual like director role was passed on down to uh, Junichi Masuda, who is actually finally now wrapping up his own stint on the games. From what I understand, a, a lot of the interviews and things that have been with him have said that after the Switch Pokemon game release, right, the first Pokemon on consoles, first mainline Pokemon game on consoles, that's going to be his swan song. And then he's going to pass it on down to a new generation of people. So the next composer see. of the music. <laughs> yeah, I guess whoever's going to be making the music. So, pretty much wraps up the story. Do have a couple of trivia things? Did you guys find anything that you wanted to touch on? I think uh, Alex mentioned something about the region that this is set in as well. I don't know for sure about that. And I don't have that up here to talk about. But throw up the word allegedly. When I, when I <laughs> well, allegedly, yeah, <laughs> I, it seems that. It, I mean, it's based off of uh, Kyoto or uh, um, Kansai, Kansai uh, region of Japan, um, and you could tell because it's to the left. I mean, it's the it's the west region from Kanto in the first game, which is based on the Kanto region, right in mm-hmm. uh, Japan, which is where Tokyo and stuff is. And um, and when I went there to Japan a few years ago, there was there's a couple temples there. It's like a silver temple and a gold temple, and I, so I believe that they, you know, based off the the gold and silver aspects of the game with the actual like temples in Japan, which I'm not too fully uh, not not I don't fully understand right now or remember recall much of the history with that area. Sure, no, I mean it sounds like you're on the right track. Certainly based on on like the the towers that are in the game the what there's the burn tower and there's the, the a lot of the theme of the tower. of this game yeah, is all tower. like like a, more kind of the ancient history yeah. like you can tell like kanto uh, generation one is is a lot more like present day and or futuristic but then you go back here and there's lots of temples there's lots of um uh like ancient relic ancient um you have the unknown and right. everything and you try to bring a lot more history into this world. yeah yeah Right, right. So that was something. What about you guys? Did you find anything particular? 
And you're, did you watch any interviews or anything like that? I mean, I don't think there's any interviews from that time period, though. I was like, about to say, yeah, I don't God. even know where I would access yeah, 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 yeah. that. I think there were some in Nintendo um, interviews, like, as a post-mortem when they were talking about Heart yeah. Gold, Soul Silver. Right. That, that were, like, ready uh, to be read, and they were talking a little bit about, like, what it was like back then. But otherwise, yeah, stuff from, from that time period, pretty, pretty scarce. Mm-hmm. Pretty scarce. Now, some interesting trivia, though, about the game, though. First off, originally, they intended... For the showdown against Red at the end of the game, right at Mount Silver, it was actually supposed to pull. Spoilers, data. by the way. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean, well. if you're listening to the show, you should have beat the game, unlike all of us, <laughs> except for one person. <laughs> except for one person. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Sit back. We <laughs> won't go into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, yeah, it was supposed to pull information from your main protagonist character from Red, Blue, Golden, uh, Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow, and uh, yeah, it it just proved a little too technical technically technologically demanding so they weren't able to implement it but that would have been pretty neat to like face off against your own pokemon mm-hmm. so you would be like oh dang there's my level 99 vaporeon and my under leveled uh <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. else here's all my glitched pokemon <laughs> that i trained with rare candies dude i love or, missing no or yeah. the, the one strong guy and all the rest of training up yep. <laughs> yeah yep of course there's also a little bit of leftover code that's in the ROM for uh, the ability to name your mother. Interesting, huh. right? Yeah. Interesting. I'd name mine Mother 3. Hey. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Best game ever made. <laughs> so, you mean uh, Hinawa. Sure. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there was kind of like just speculation on what you would even use that possibly for. Some people were saying like, some sort of tutorial in the beginning of the game where your mom would come out and and like get into a battle with a wild Pokemon and show you how it's mm-hmm. done instead of like the random dude that shows you, but I don't know. Yeah, they must have had some some uh, larger ideas for what her role would have been because I can't imagine just naming her for you know the sake of well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't just know. Just having your mom has a, have a name. Sure. Yeah. Make it a little more personal. I don't know. There was a honey tree mechanic that would later be used in Diamond and Pearl, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Uh, had actually some preliminary code in here as well. So the ability to attract Pokemon using honey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was still They had some huge way. ideas, and, wow. man, mm-hmm. they could not fit everything in there. It's crazy. Was uh, was Sweet Scent a thing in Generation 2? Because doesn't that work vaguely the same way? I don't, or, or, I don't I, think Sweet Scent was in that game. No, right? I okay. Yeah. I don't and think anyone so. Anyone would know it. Probably would be. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. I never use like a Nottish or anything in my playthrough, so I don't think it's a thing, but... Okay. Yeah, there's yeah. also that, too. Sure, sure. Now, the roaming legendary dog thing, right? So Entei, Raikou, Suicune, was uh, actually originally meant to be scripted. All of them, probably. Well, at least two of them, because there was some leftover code for a uh, scripted encounter with Entei. So in combination with that Suicune scription in, uh, in Pokemon Crystal, that would have left Raikou as the only roamer, which would have been probably odd. So, yeah. Interestingly, they may have originally been scripted events. Lake of Rage, which you later on encounter, right? This is where you see the uh, shiny Gyarados that everyone loves so much. The red Gyarados. That area was... Good kind of introdu- uh, introduction to this uh, this new addition to the Pokemon franchise as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a forced kind of, oh, it's an alternate colored one. Oh, you can <gasps> find them in the wild. Oh, cool. Yes, yeah. That's one of the gameplay elements we'll talk about later that made it different from the first uh, generation. But... Lake of Rage was uh, also probably intended to house a town and a gym, as evidenced by the fact that every map, every every town in hidden in the ROM, there are alternate map layouts, like just kind of 
changed stuff around. So yeah, there was an alternate for Lake of Rage that did have a town and a gym. How come no one's used that as a band name? Lake of Rage. Lake of Rage. It sounds like it sounds like a good like post rock band name. I'd listen. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing with Lake of Rage, though, real quick, is I always thought it was weird that you're able to fly to Lake of Rage because mm. there's nowhere else you can fly to unless it's like a town. Right. Has but you like can a Pokemon Center there. Right. But you can fly to Lake of Rage and it just lands you like in the middle of the place you can walk. That's like, true. It's super weird. So I always thought that was weird. But now that makes sense that it was huh. intended yeah. to be like an actual town with the gym and stuff. Interesting. Mm, yeah. Maybe that's why. So, I don't know, back, okay, so first off, we all played the Nintendo 3DS version, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah, so with the Nintendo 3DS version, the the remake that, or well, I guess not remake, but kind of port that they put out for uh, for the 3DS, like last year, I think it was, mm-hmm. they allowed you to finally get Celebi, right? Mythical Pokemon. You were never able to do that as, a, as an American. Right, exactly, yeah. The, what happened was is the Japanese version of the game, you'd be able to get Celebi by hooking your Game Boy Color up to a phone. It was like this phone event, basically. And uh, there was also, I'm sure, like giveaways in, in Japan for it. But yeah. The birth of the Wonder Card. The Wonder Card, there we go. So we never got this like m- like this hook-on attachment thing to connect to our mobile phone. So we never had Celebi, but of course... The data was still in there. So there was a glitch I heard about. I never heard this, actually, when I was first playing the game when I was a kid. But there was apparently a glitch that involved training Sneasels, a pair of Sneasels, to level 57 in a very particular way. And they had to have the exact same moveset. And that would somehow allow you to encounter Celebi. It, it goes way deeper than that. And there's like like 20 steps to do there's oh. like you got to mess with the box you got to have certain items you got to go to the daycare you got to get an egg the egg has to hatch into celebi it's a whole it's a, really? i don't know why i sound like a rabbi right now but <laughs> yeah there, it's like a whole it's like a whole, it's a whole process, process. Uh, yeah I, no interesting no. i wouldn't have said rabbi i would have have you ever seen that uh that meme from like it's always sunny with the with the one guy charlie and he's got like behind him this all, like this oh, yeah. board with all the things like yeah. and then you gotta it's crazy but yeah it, it's really i never did it growing up like i had heard about it but i never did it because I, I just don't have the time and you have to buy a lot of items for it and i just never had the money in the game to do it so, okay yeah. but it actually worked though but it does work yeah okay unlike the pokey truck like here's my mew <laughs> <No>. underneath <laughs> <sighs> such a lie yeah. <sighs> got me good as a kid they got me good with that they got me good with pika blue Pika yep. Flare. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was stupid. when games were good, though. Like, that was... like when you could make rumors like that and people would like try and they would right. have that imagination. It's like nowadays people just like data mine the game and, right. and everything's completely revealed. There's no secrets. Yeah, yeah. that's it's a bummer. true. Yeah, that is true. There was some, yeah. Like we may have some really awesome games, but like there's no secrets. Like people are data mining update data now for like Smash Brothers to find out what's coming from there and like code words with them. And it's right. like, they man, they really can't hide anything now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One last uh, little bit of trivia that I found when I was doing my research, the Moon Ball, right? So we have like the Pokeball maker, Kurt, in, uh, what is that town? Azalea. Azalea, yes. thank you. That's one that I always forget because it doesn't have a, no, it does have a gym. It has Bugsy. Yeah, yeah. Um, But no one cares about Bugsy. Yeah, nope. But uh, <laughs> Kurt, this Pokeball maker there in Azalea, he uh, can make you a moon ball using, I think it's a white apricorn perhaps or yellow, one of those. Um, the point of the moon ball is meant to increase your chance of catching Pokemon evolved with a moonstone. Very, very specific. That's a very, very specific use for a Pokeball. But hey, there it is. Unfortunately, 
This item was actually not coded to work that way, but instead increases the chance of catching Pokemon evolved by Burn Heal. What is Burn Heal? It's an item that heals your Pokemon from having the burn status effect. So what does that mean? It means nothing. It means the Moon Ball is just a Pokeball, dude. Just throw a Pokeball. Just throw a Pokeball. Yeah, interesting little coding coding issue that came up. All right, well, that's just going to about wrap it up for our history and development cycle talking about Pokemon Crystal. We're going to jump into some more music here. We're going to listen to Battle versus Trainer. Ooh, and then we're going to hear maybe, if we can defeat this trainer, what it sounds like to have a victory theme against that same trainer. After that, we're going to listen to Dark cave which is a really different sound if you ask me compared to a lot of the other songs in the in the soundtrack if you want to call in later on to win our giveaway 949 uci kuci 949-824-5824 again we're giving away a goldenrod radio city t-shirt radio city i guess not really radio city goldenrod city radio t-shirt how about that yeah really cool red shirt i will have sent right to your doorstep if you call in when i tell you to do so 949-824-5824 if you don't already know we've got a few websites uh lag radio's main website however lagradio.kuci.org has recently been updated quite a bit i dare say it's got a totally different looking uh scheme it's got sections now devoted to reviews interviews episodes and there's even an about me section about me specifically uh, maybe eventually we'll get some profiles up for the rest of the crew in here, since we are all regulars. Uh, but you can go and check us out there. I've also started putting up uh, my Anime Expo 2018 review, because I realize now I never put up the text portion of the interview. So go and check that out, and uh, also all the other stuff that's on there at lagradio.kuci.org is where you want to head to. And without further ado... Let's get back to that music. Thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined by Alex, Henry, and Brandon, and we are Lag Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined by Alex, Henry, and Brandon, and we are Lag Radio. We just got done listening to a three-song set, kind of two-and-a-half-ish, kind of. Most recently was Dark Cave, one of my favorites off of the album. Uh, we listened to... Victory versus Trainer, before that, very short, about 30-second, like, anthem sort of thing. And, uh, of course, that's that's the Final Fantasy anthem. I don't know why I just did <laughs> <laughs> It's wrong. It's flat-out wrong. Uh, but before that one, we listened to Battle versus Trainer, so something you hear a whole lot throughout the game. And now we are talking about the story. So, all right, it's a Pokemon game. Yeah, pretty that's, standard. That's that. Uh, there we go. All right, moving along. But uh, yeah, basically, like I think like that makes more sense to say that during the gameplay section because it's I mean it's a Pokemon game. Uh, yeah, that you too. Have, you have type yeah. matchups and moves and stuff, but yeah, story is is uh, I mean the core is essentially the same. Where it's like you want to become a Pokemon master, but it's done in a different way than <clears throat> than uh, the first one was. Sure. Especially with how they introduced the rival. Sure. Yeah, the rival is a thing that we'll talk about. Uh, a little bit, I think, because it is, yeah, quite different. But uh, basically, you wake up in your room. Mom is downstairs, tells you that you need to go and see the world-known, like, world-renowned professor that just so happens to live in your tiny little village, runs a lab there, needs your help with something. When you help out the professor that's there, they give you a one-of-a-kind Pokemon. This professor, in this case, is Elm. So before we had Oak, like the tree. Now we have Elm. Like are the all tree. these are all these towns and stuff based off of? Uh, I I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I guess they are different trees. Azalea and yeah, they're all yeah, they're all like um, instead of the first the first game based off of colors. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, 
Because, yeah. yeah, like in the first game, it was Pallet Town was where you started, and then in this right. one is Newbark. So it's like, yeah. Right. It's yeah. All, all very similar. Yeah, it's what pretty is, cool. What is Ecritique? Well, let's look into another that. kind of tree. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, assume that. Assuming so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's probably safe. It's probably safe. But yeah, you've got like Cherry Grove and uh, Goldenrod. Oh, so it's all like just flora, like not necessarily okay, trees. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it could be flowers, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you are given a special one-of-a-kind Pokemon from him to you so that you can go and run an errand for him. You get to choose between one of three different Pokemon, and uh, whatever you choose becomes like your partner for life, basically. You go to visit a nearby friend named Mr. Pokemon. What a name. What a name. That's like being named Mr. Human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does it take to be qualified to become Mr. Human yeah. or Mr. Pokemon? I don't know. Either way, basically like some kind of researcher, I imagine. And there was a Pokemon egg that was given to him, perhaps the first of its kind, uh, by a couple who runs a nearby Pokemon daycare. So we've never, at this point in the in the game's lore, we had never heard of Pokemon breeding, Pokemon like getting it on, how they're made, where they come mm-hmm. from. They just suddenly like, they appear. So this is a big deal. And so you were told to go and, and return the egg to Professor Elm. But before you can make your way there, just about leaving Cherry Grove City towards Newbark, you are approached by a red-haired boy crosses your path and challenges you to a Pokemon battle. The Pokemon that he uses is, of course, one of the other special Pokemon that Elm showed you, but of course the opposite type of yours, because you can't have an advantage in the battle. No way, no how. So, if you started with the red Pokemon, the red Pokemon, the <laughs> fire Pokemon... <laughs> I mean, he's uh, red and yellowish, but... Yeah, that's true. You started with Cyndaquil, the fire Pokemon, then you're going to be playing against Totodile, the water type. If you started with Chikorita, the grass type, then you'd be playing against Cyndaquil, the fire type, right? So no matter what, he's always got the uh, the opposing type advantage. But uh, yeah, so you're attacked, you fend off the battle, and then he just kind of disappears, and you go and try and return to Elm's lab. Of course, you're probably at this point like, why does this person have this Pokemon? I've never seen that Pokemon before, besides just like from Professor Elm's lab. This seems weird. I wonder if Elm gave him something so that he could go and run the errand too. Eh, probably not. So you go back to Newbark, and you find out that Elm's lab was ransacked by this person. was, yeah, burglarized. And uh, so now begins a hunt to try and find this guy, find the Pokemon that was taken from uh, from Professor Elm. And also, I think he took a Pokedex probably or something. I don't know. But either way, you got to go and follow this rival person while at the same time trying to become your own Pokemon master. So that's pretty much the main, like, gist of of what your motives are as a, as a player. But, of course, other stuff happens in the way, right? So it's not just going after the... Uh, after the rival, but just like the first series of games, you've got Team Rocket. Team Rocket as your like main antagonist. They return. If you recall at the end of Pokemon Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow, they had disbanded because Giovanni, the leader, just kind of like disappeared after you beat him. Uh, but I guess a certain group of, of the Team Rocket grunts and all that wanted to try and restart their operations and uh, begin very slow. So when you go into Azalea Town, they are running some sort of like slowpoke tail scheme where they're like cutting off the tails of slowpoke, which uh, grow back, by the way. So luckily, they're like lizards. They grow back. That's okay. But uh, still is like taking advantage of this innocent little Pokemon that's kind of derpy and doesn't really <laughs> like know what's going on. But uh, then trying to sell the, po- the slowpoke tails off to like random passerbys just because, yeah, they want to raise a bunch of money for the group. 
Doesn't it cost like a million dollars or something it's for very one? Expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's like no way you'd have that money at that point in the game. Absolutely at all. Uh, and yeah, so you and and you know another person there. I think it's Kurt actually that helps you in Azalea Town. You thwart their plans for this uh, slowpoke tail operation, but they still continue onwards. Of course, they still press on, trying to do some more stuff. Um, so eventually, they ramp up and eventually seize control of the radio station in Goldenrod City. They were able to even use the equipment in the radio station, something we would never do, of course. But they use the equipment there to broadcast frequencies that force Pokemon in the wild to evolve. See, I want a Dragonite right now. So I'm going <laughs> to take over KUCI. So I've got a Dragonite right now. Uh, actually, yeah. So it doesn't just force these Pokemon to evolve, though. It also makes them all, like, ragey and mad and angry. And this is why we see the Red Gyarados later on thrashing about in lake, the Lake of Rage. Uh, so they a little on the yeah, nose. Yeah, a little <laughs> on the nose, I guess. They also wanted to broadcast their theme song, the, Ro- the Team Rocket theme song, to try and get Giovanni to come out of hiding, basically just saying, like, hey, we're out here. Like, where you at? Sort of thing. So Giovanni never does come out of hiding, though. But, uh, yeah. That's like, I, I was just thinking, that's like the equivalent of, like, getting a viral tweet on Twitter, and then you link your SoundCloud as a reply. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just, I, I don't know. I just thought of that for some reason. <laughs> like, yo, we made this fire track. Everyone hear it. <laughs> now, speaking of fire... Lance, hey. hey, the Dragon Master, ooh, from red, blue, green, and yellow, uh, he returns. He is one of the connections to the original game, even though technically three years have passed since the uh, the events of Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, and Green. Uh, but yeah, he joins you in your fight to take down Team Rocket once and for all, which is really cool. Is actually to have, you know, usually you're just this one person battling, but I think that is there a double Pokemon battle at that point. No, no, it didn't no? start until Emerald, yeah, Sapphire. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because yeah. there's, in this one, you can fight against, like, I think they're, I don't there's know why twins, I've never twins, but yeah. they only have two Pokemon. Right. Yeah. right. So it's true. like each of them has one. Right, okay. Yeah, I remember coming up to the, the two twins standing next to each other, and I was just like, all right, I got to make sure I got two Pokemon in the top slots. <laughs> they're going to be the ones I want to battle with, because that's how it is in the later games. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay, so, but you can still get to fight along with Lance. You, you storm, like, the Team Rocket base and all that and try and take down. Uh, all the people. Now, eventually, you, of course, need to go and face off against the Elite Four, who are a group beyond the eight gym leaders that you, uh, of course, know and love from every single Pokemon game that there ever has been and ever probably will be. There's always eight gym leaders, some shape or form, right? Although Sun and Moon had something different going on. Yeah, it was, what were they called again? They were champions? Champions or captains or something Cap- like yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, so they're a little bit different, but still, mm-hmm. same general concept. After that, you fight against the Elite Four, who are like the top-of-the-top top echelon of Pokemon trainers, and then you have to fight against the new Pokemon master of Johto, who is, da-da-da-da, it's Lance himself. So even though he was your friend just a few minutes ago, all of a sudden now he's just like, all right, I got to take you down. He's like Dragonite Hyper Beam now, <laughs> please, thank you. <laughs> Every time. You know, actually, actually... Let's take a break because I want to touch on something about those Dragonites sure. and his Aerodactyl too. So hold yes. on just a sec. You're listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar in the Midboss. Uh, I'm joined by Alex Henry and Brandon. We are Lag Radio. We're going to listen to a couple more tracks very briefly. Uh, Violet City's theme, then to listen to Pokemon Gym and Battle versus Gym Leader. So don't go anywhere. We've got plenty more on the way for you here on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And again, don't forget, later on we have the giveaway, 949-824-5824, 949-UCI-KUCI. You'll be able to call and win 
a golden rod city radio t-shirt very very cool stuff go and check it out on our facebook twitter and instagram i plugged them all there you can see the picture of it facebook and twitter is lag life radio and the uh instagram is at dj double underscore marmar all right let's jump into that music thank you for listening to kuci 88.9 fm in irvine we'll see you in a little bit Hello, everyone, and welcome back to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined by Henry, Brandon, and Alex, and we are Lag Radio. We just got done listening to Battle vs. Gym Leader along with Victory vs. Gym Leader. Before that one, we listened to Pokemon Gym. And, uh, yeah, having a good time so far. We've been talking about Pokemon Crystal, in case you already didn't know. We've been talking about the story. We've been talking about the history and development. Now... We're going to just try and wrap up a little bit about the story because there's just a touch remaining. Now, like we mentioned earlier, a big surprise, big twist about uh, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal was that you have not just one, but two worlds that you get to visit. You were going to mention something about Lance the first. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Lance. Let's get into you that. You can't leave him hanging. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. My bad, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's very important. So Lance and his Dragonites, Lance and his Aerodactyl, they are hacked. He has straight-up hacked Dragonites and Hacterodactyl because they have moves oh, that they cannot learn. You can't even. So they're illegal. They are in illegal. A competitive sense. Also, the Dragonites aren't fifty-five yet, right? Right. Same with Faulkner. His Pidgeotto is like level ten or something. It's like, bro. Yeah. That ain't legal. Yeah, that's not. You're banned. It's banned. He's gone. I don't know. Maybe that's the power. If you were a gym leader, maybe you could have that. Like that power. No. <laughs> they just probably throw did what Team Rocket did and just forced him through yeah, radio signal. Probably. Yeah. Some sort of, yeah, just playing on radio through a radio station. That's, yeah. how, that's their version of, of Game Shark, I guess. Yeah. I guess so. Lance played Dragonair's sick beats. <laughs> Dang, that's straight fire. So good. So good. Uh, yeah, basically BS Dragonites and, and Aerodactyl mm-hmm. and stuff. So, oh, man, freaking. Actually, it was, it was later referenced, I think, in a giveaway like a decade later with Heart Gold, Soul Silver. They did a giveaway for a Dragonite, and it had Ice Beam or whatever it was that oh, it can't yeah. learn. And that was just, just their throwback nod. Like, <laughs> now you can have this hack yeah. Dragonite, too. Because <laughs> I think he, because Lance has three Dragonites, I think, and each one has, like, a specific random elemental move mm. that I think, like, one has Thunder, the other one has Ice Beam, the other one has, like, Flamethrower or something like that. Mm, okay. Like it's ra- but I think he can learn those through a TM, except for one of them. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. is the one you're mentioning. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That's cheap. It, it is. is. It is cheap. So you've beaten Lance and his Dragonites. We're talking you, to Brandon. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not us. Yeah. Definitely not us. No. Nope, 100% now. Beaten Lance and his Dragonites. You've taken down the Elite Four and Team Rocket. They are all now at your mercy for the rest of time. But there is still more to do. You are not yet the Pokemon Master. You are technically entitled, but you've still got Kanto to take over. So at this point, you're given the option to take the, I think it's the high speed SSN, right? That's the first mm-hmm. way that you get yep. over there. And then later on, you can also take a bullet train between uh, Goldenrod and Saffron City. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 You can take this bullet train Shinkansen thing, which is really neat. But uh, yeah, out of, basically out of Johto, you get to go to Kanto, which is the name that was given to the original map from red, blue, green, and yellow. So when you get in there, it is the basically the whole game. Like we talked about a little bit earlier, some of the stuff was compressed down, so you're not able to access certain buildings or... Or uh, stuff like that. Maybe some of the graphics were condensed. I can't but remember how were the caves handled, like Mount Moon. You can go into Mount Moon, but yeah. I forget. Was how it just it's... like a one area thing? It wasn't like multiple floors and stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't go remember. through it on this most recent playthrough I did, so I'm not entirely sure. But I know you can access it because there's certain Pokemon you can only yeah. catch there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
We were depending on you, Brandon. I'm sorry. I failed. <laughs> I only got 16 badges, you know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, so other ways that they were able to, to show the passage of time here in Kanto was about how, like, the Cinnabar Island gym had to be relocated to the Seafoam Islands because the nearby volcano exploded and the whole, yeah, the whole Cinnabar Island was just, like, destroyed. And only Blaine survived. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to everyone? Somehow they're I gone. Don't know. They're either dead yes. or relocated too. Side mm-hmm. note, let's go on Cinnabar Island and Blaine's gym is pretty pretty incredible. It's oh, what yeah, they do it with is. that. It's awesome. I don't want to say mm. much about it. It was just it caught me by surprise and it was good. Hmm, all right. I might have to check this out then. It's another one of those I think it's like what a few years after all. I don't know where it lands on the timeline of Pokémon, but um, I think it's after Gold and Silver and everything as well. Oh, okay. Do the uh, gym leaders look like older too? No. Fairly the same. Hmm. They're okay. kind of redone, but like, yeah. yeah, they okay. They look pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, another big change. Koga promoted to the Elite Four, so his daughter Janine takes his place in Fuchsia City as the gym leader for uh, Poison Pokemon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, one of the throwbacks that they had. Snorlax gonna block your way as always just like in the first games gotta have those things that never change stuff you can depend on mm-hmm. really interestingly Blue the original rival in Gen 1 uh, has now become the leader of Viridian City Gym because Giovanni of course just disappeared after you thrashed him so uh, yeah he's kind of like Blue's kind of repented a little bit tried to reflect on the fact that he's been mistreating his Pokemon over the years or year or however long it took you as Red, the protagonist in the first games, to go through all the gyms. I don't know what the timeline was for all that. Like, how long does it take Red to go from Pallet Town to, to the Elite Four? Oh. I don't how, know. How long were the episodes of the anime <laughs> to, oh, to release? Geez. Yeah, that's there's that too. Yeah. Oof. Either way. So, yeah, you uh, you see Blue and, and how he's changed over the time. Now, talking about Silver, this is someone that I want to talk about. So your rival, your rival's name is Silver. Uh, canonically yeah you name your rival but like based on various aspects his his name his legit quote-unquote name is silver right yeah based on like because when you ask when is you're given suggestions right nope you're not in this one it's just like what was his name and then the uh the keyboard comes up yeah that's right it's the other games that that you're given the suggestions like what's your name what's your rival's name and that's where you get the red and the blue from Mm -hmm. that's true oh yeah so he's just called silver well in the manga yeah exactly he's named silver so that's why i guess there is that but uh yeah you face him one final time at indigo plateau who's recognized that he's been abusing his pokemon over time kind of like blue used to too Mm -hmm. just like beating them into the ground being like why aren't you being able to beat you know, and he does older. this throughout the game too. He's talking yeah. about how like all weak Pokemon are useless, and yeah, he's right. he's hardcore. Yeah, he's very which much I really like. like because it's kind of it it's so extreme of like mm. one side of the Pokemon, right. like that kind of player, and it's just so like you end up really disliking him. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. And then at this point though, you've kind of taught him over multiple beatings, I guess, uh, that he's been doing the wrong thing and going about the wrong way, and that's why he loses to you every time. So. Uh, at this point, you get to fi- face him one last time, and he has a Crobat, which is a big, big deal because this is a reflection of gameplay influencing story development. As you guys may or may not already know, you can't evolve your Golbat into a Crobat unless you have raised your friendship level, raised your affection level with it. And uh, that wouldn't have happened to Silver unless he had started befriending his Pokemon finally. Just gave his Golbat a ton of haircuts. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. That's how you raise the affection mm-hmm. level. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bunch of haircuts. Uh, see, you I ever have kids out there? Just give them a ton of haircuts. They'll <laughs> love you forever. <laughs> see, I thought you were gonna say something like give them a bunch of drugs or something. Like that. Oh, you <laughs> you can also give them a bunch <laughs> no, of vitamins. No, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of Flintstone vitamins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty neat little thing just to to see that crowbat. But so something that's that's mentioned throughout the game from Silver's perspective, is that he wants to take down Team Rocket, right? Like, that's his thing. He's not taking on the gym leaders like you are. You're never able to go into the gyms and be like, hey, have you seen this red-haired boy through? No, he hasn't been there, any of that. I think he even steals the gym leader badges to get into the Pokemon League or something. I forget, I feel like, something like that. Maybe that's in the manga. But either way, it's never confirmed why it is in the game that he has such an aversion towards Team Rocket, but... Some people speculated because they just didn't have enough time in development cycle to put in a legit story, talk about him, talk about his, uh, yeah, his kind of reasoning, his motivations. But in the manga, it was confirmed later on, if you want to take manga as canon, which I think we probably can to a degree. Uh, But yeah, basically Silver was Giovanni's son and he was kidnapped at some point by this masked man who is the one who wants to get Team Rocket back together during the Gold and Silver Giovanni has some pretty bad genes. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bad... And he's not really good at naming his kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He had a good name. I like Giovanni. I that's know. That's a great name. And then he just lost and, it there. Eh, Silver's fine. I gotta go catch him YouTube. BRB. <laughs> 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 I got, I got name all my kids colors. <laughs> you guys can go off. Exactly. So I guess Silver was uh, the son of Giovanni. And then the reason why he wanted to take down Team Rocket is because he didn't like Team Rocket or probably even his dad or, or his dad just like always leaving him or something that he probably thought. He was like abandoned by his dad. In reality, he was actually kidnapped. So interesting stuff. Interesting. Finally, at the end of the game, at the end of Kanto, you've taken down the Elite Four yet again, if I recall, yeah? You get to fight against yourself. <gasps> yeah, Professor Oak grants you access to Mount Silver, not to be confused with the character Silver that we just talked about. And uh, you go to Mount Silver, which allows you to reach this final dun- dungeon. And upon delving into the mountain and climbing to the top, when you get there, you face a faceless, silent foe known only as Red. Yes, Red, the original protagonist from Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow. Now, this is a really neat battle that, like we talked about earlier, you were supposed to originally face against the own Pokemon that you used in the first game's but of course they weren't able to to get that uh, technological advancement working. So instead you face against the three starters in, in their final evolutions, of course, Venusaur, Charizard, and Blastoise. You, place, uh, you also fight against three of the important plot characters in uh, the anime, right? So you, I think you face against, of course, Pikachu, Lapras, and... Snorlax, I think is the last one. Snorlax, yeah. that's it, yeah. So, so pretty big ones. Very, very tough. Obviously the hardest battle in the game... Uh, in the this main game, I guess there's the battle tower thing that we can touch yeah. on later. But um, we yeah. could talk about that with the version exclusives because that was only in crystal and true. not part of the uh, gold silver. Very true. Yes, but yeah, you face against red, the final final main battle. Why is he totally silent? Why didn't he just stay as a Pokemon master in Kanto after he took down the Elite Four and uh, and Gary slash Blue? What is he doing in Mount Silver? Why is he there? No one knows. Nothing is explained. Whatever. But it's a cool battle and a really neat throwback. So 
that ends the story of Pokemon Gold and Silver and Crystal. Yay! Also, there was a little bit about a guy named Yusin in Suicune, but, I mean, eh, eh, that's fine. He's just a dude that wants a dog. That's all. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, Pokemon Crystal adds this sort of separate story thing about this guy named Yusin and, uh, and the legendary dog of Suicune. Eh, it's just a little tacked-on mm. thing, so we don't need to cover that. But what we do need to cover is some more music. So, let's listen to uh, something a little different, a little bit special. We're going to listen to Unknown Frequency. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good yeah. One. This one's a pretty, pretty different, pretty sick one. And after after that, we're gonna listen to Azalea Towns theme. I have a request if you uh, can oh, fit yeah? it in. All right, all right. We'll talk about this a little bit off mic. We'll get that in there. I'm sure. I could, I could squeeze it in. We'll fit it in. Uh, yeah. So we'll listen to that. We'll listen to Unknown Frequency, Azalea's Towns theme, and uh, yeah. Then we're gonna get back here and talk about that sweet, sweet gameplay for the last portion of the show. At this point, if you want to call in, you are welcome to do so. Nine four nine eight two four five eight two four nine four nine. UCIKUCI, you can win the Golden Rod City Radio t-shirt that I am offering as a totally free giveaway. Just call in now to win. If you're the first person, I will ship it on over to you after getting your contact info. So, 949-UCIKUCI-949-824-5824. Otherwise, we'll see you in just a little bit. Thank you for listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined by Henry, Alex, and Brandon, and we are Lag Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I'm joined by Alex, Brandon, and Henry, and we are Lag Radio. We just got done listening to the Goldenrod City theme, and we also listened to Road to Goldenrod City from Azalea Town. Before that one was Azalea Town's theme and Unknown Frequency. So, we uh, have talked about the story. We've talked about the history and development. Let's talk about the gameplay. Let's jump into it. There is a lot to cover. So let's talk about gameplay. Again, kind of like the story, like we talked about earlier, it's a Pokemon game, right? Mm-hmm. You got a team of six. Uh, you play against other teams of oftentimes six, sometimes less, because in the beginning of the game, you don't have as many Pokemon, and they want to make it easier on you, so you just fight against, like, one or two maybe sometimes. But uh, generally, six-on-six six battles. You level them up. It's kind of an RPG. Not kind of. It is. It's an RPG game, it's basically. RPG. Yeah, straight up. Like, it's... Think about like Suikoden, right? Like that was a RPG game from the, from Japan. Uh, it had just like a bajillion characters in it. But that's Suikunden. like, hey, ooh, maybe that's where they. Ah, <laughs> oh, it hurts. <laughs> but uh, 250 Pokemon, 251 actually, if you include the Celebi, the se- the special legendary one. So, tons and tons of different characters for you to choose from, basically. And uh, yeah, you have to save local cities from this dastardly Team Rocket and face off against the elite four trainers you evolve you trade with friends and all these sorts of things basically you just got to catch them all got to catch them all got to catch them all and a lot of people remember or know like the initial pokemon they huge fans of red blue yellow uh in america and um but they don't realize how much num- uh, well i don't i don't know i feel like a lot of people don't realize how much uh gen 2 brought to the pokemon franchise and has continued on since then because sure. every every game usually they'll introduce something and then kind of take it away and put something else new recently, but like this a lot of the stuff that they had in this game have persisted through uh, future generations of Pokemon. Sure, definitely. So some of the big game elements, of course, like we just said, new Pokemon, hundred new ones in total, uh, including Celebi. They added on two extra types of Pokemon, so Steel and Dark, to balance out the types uh, because. 
in the first gen, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but Psychic was pretty powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn buff. And so they needed uh, Dark, I think, to balance that out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what that's what Dark is. It's not against Ghost. I sometimes mix those up. I'm like, no, no, no. It's, yeah, it's like... But I think Dark is good is, against Ghost. Yeah. Is it also? Yeah. 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 Oh, dang. Dark is good. <laughs> what is Dark weak against? Fighting, bug, and bug. Fighting and bug. That's so obs- That's like a strange combination for that. Hey, you gotta fight the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. And throw spiders at it. I don't. Hey. <laughs> uh, and then steel, right? So steel, of course, very very strong against uh, physical attacks, but you can melt steel with uh, fire. Burn it. Burn you it could also steel. fight it. Yeah, you can fight it. Fight steel. Yeah, just punch it hard enough. Uh, yeah, so they added two totally extra types, which they wouldn't add another type until X and Y, right, with fairy? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, many, many years, it, these were just the types that were added. There was also the Pokegear. Now, how did you guys feel about the Pokegear? I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. It's there. <laughs> I mean, like, it's basically the town map from Gen 1 was an item, and now it's part of your Pokegear. And, there, and I guess you could even technically miss that. Like, you could just not talk to the old guy in Cherry Grove and never get the town map. I don't know if there's, like, a blocker yeah, that doesn't that. let you to... Because I noticed that was optional. It. Like, his tour yeah. is optional, but that's the only way to get the map card. Right. And then you... The radio... I thought the radio was really cool. Yeah. Like it added a kind of a, an atmosphere to the game. Yeah, like... Uh, what's it called? Like, it immerses you in the world a little bit more, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And then the call system, where you could get phone numbers from certain trainers in the world. That was cool. If, concept. If they were there, if only the number was there to either battle you again or give you a stone, like a evolutionary stone. Yeah. If they were just like, oh, I almost got this Pokemon, and then uh, I went out to eat and blah, and I'm like, I don't care. Like, I just you could delete <laughs> numbers. Lot, they so. invented Twitter before Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I but wish, like direct yeah. Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. Yeah, I wish that they would have given you the option of answering the phone or not exactly right. every yeah. time it's yes, just you open up good. your game and it's suddenly brrr, here's youngster joey talking about his rattata and he's <laughs> doesn't know he doesn't want to try you. and shoot his one rattata yeah yeah <laughs> you think he'd catch more pokemon later in the game but no, no. he's no, committed he even he says that yep yeah it never turns into eradicate nope nope, nope definitely not <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Poke Gear was a thing that it was just like a combination of all these different things that you could use in one kind of convenient location. Um, but it also had some shortcomings with uh, mm-hmm. with the phone call system. Mm-hmm. But it did add a little bit of atmosphere, I would agree. Yeah. So another big part of it, though, like we talked about a little bit briefly earlier, was breeding, Pokemon breeding and eggs. So of course we encounter the first time ever you see a Pokemon egg in, in the uh, story, right, in the canon, but then you are given the option of dropping off Pokemon at the daycare center and breeding the crap out of them, and suddenly the daycare, daycare center will call you up on your Pokegear and say, hey, we found an egg. Uh, you want to come and pick it up? And then you can go grab it, and if you walk around and you carry it for a long enough amount of time, it hatches into a Pokemon that could be a baby Pokemon, or it could just be a version of one of the ones that you just bred. So, breeding. Big deal, huh? You know, that, that opened, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things that people have done in recent Pokemon games. It right. all started with this game, the uh, discover of discovery of eggs. I mean, it even started off the story with that in right. this game. Mm-hmm. Right, right, Yeah, right. and then it, I don't know if it's as big of a deal in this generation, but later on it's like a big tool for, uh, for competitive Pokemon. Right. Like you can breed Pokemon with certain stats, certain... Um, Natures later on in games, even though that's not in this one. Moves get special well, moves. Egg moves. There are yeah, egg moves, moves yeah. were in this what gen. Stat, more status and abilities came on, came on. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's. So more. 
like you said, the baby Pokemon. I I thought the the evolutionary lines that they picked the baby Pokemon for, I think, made a lot of sense. Like, there's a baby form of Magmar and Electabuzz who were only just that yeah, Pokemon. Sure. Like, they didn't evolve into anything. Later on, they do. But um, in this gen, they hadn't. And Jinx. They should have done Jinx Lapras. also. Lapras, yeah. <laughs> there's uh, Pikachu had Raichu, but, you know, it's always good to have a, a three Pokemon evolutionary line. Uh, same with Tyrogue turning into the different um, Hitmonchan, yeah, Hitmonlee, cool. and, and Hitmontop. Right, right. Yeah. There was Igglybuff, Jigglypuff. Igglybuff, yeah. There was uh, there Clefa. Clefa. Oh, Clefa, Clefa might be the last yep. one. That's the one I got on on this playthrough because they'll. I think it's only in Crystal. Only if in you Crystal. go to daycare, they'll give you an egg, and it'll randomly turn into. I think one it was a thing that was an event only thing in Japan. Another one of those mm-hmm. kind of Celebi mm-hmm. things yeah. uh, that they just put into this game as an automatic because they couldn't do the event. Right. But yeah, it was normally a thing you'd have to get for Mystery Gift. Yeah. Uh, to get this odd egg. Right, the Mystery Gift. That's true. Uh, yeah, breeding, something that is still, like, to this day, very, very big in uh, in competitive Pokemon, and it's just it's kind of fun to do. You can breed anything with a Ditto because a Ditto is just a... Yep. Uh, ditto gets around. D- ditto likes other it's, Pokemon, it's I guess. It's an amorphous blob. <laughs> yeah. Willing to do your bidding. <laughs> It'll yes. do your bidding. Yes. So uh, ethical issues aside, ditto, ditto will help you out. So, yeah, breeding, big deal. Especially Pokeballs like we talked about earlier. How do we feel about that? I I like the apricorn stuff. I don't like the having to wait for them to be made, but mm-hmm. I love the variety of yeah. uh, pokeballs. I, in the yeah, game, in the agree. game, you can't see anything, but like the icons and the designs they did for them outside of the game and guides and stuff, it's I thought was really cool. cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they definitely look cool. I think they have the designs in the the remakes. Yes. Our gold and soul yeah, silver, you can you can mm. see them in there. Yeah. Very good. Did you guys use them very much besides Alex? Um, I made I think some fast balls, but I have yet to use them on a. a Pokemon that would. Yeah, you have to wait, wait a yeah. whole day, like wait until midnight. You give it to Kurt. He makes one ball and then you get it at midnight. So they're very scarce and that like right. you kind of want to like so preserve them. Just bank up enough and then send it to him yes. and then go back sure. the next day. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Now, big, big part of the game, real time day and night cycle. That was awesome. Oh, so cool. Specific Pokemon appearing at certain times or evolving depending on the time that you train them in, right? right? Like Umbreon and Espeon, I think was, right? I think they were the only example of that, of like when you yeah. evolve them, it, it determines what they evolve into. Mm, okay. That, that's the only example. But it was awesome. But yeah, pretty good. Um, Hoot Hoot coming out at night because it's an owl. Oh, that's pretty cool. Lediba coming out yeah, in the morning. if you headbutt a tree during the day and it's a Hoot Hoot, he'd be sleeping. Oh. oh that's true. So. I forgot about that. I didn't remember that. Actually, it happened to me recently when I was just randomly headbutting a tree and saw <laughs> that come down. I like it. That's cool. I like it. Yeah, day and night cycle, big, big thing that hadn't really been done in too many games prior to this. Um, yeah, and it was and it was real time. So it wasn't just like, all right, here's going to be the day and it's going to take like 10 minutes and then suddenly it's nighttime, um, like Harvest Moon would be, some, some yeah, sort of game such as that. Held items, something that was not in the yeah. first games. Held items. So items that you can give to your Pokemon and just hold on to until they need it and can be used as like a consumable item, like a berry. Yep. Or uh, you could give it something that just has repeated use or gives you some sort of uh, background status effect, such as leftovers, right? Mm-hmm. Where every turn you slowly gain a little bit of HP. Or uh, notes, letters. That's true, which too. Which is cool that you can attach to a, a Pokemon before you trade it with someone and then they get a little letter with it. Yep, you can write a little message out and be, I don't know, you can be as rude or as nice <laughs> as you want in it and just say, hey, thanks for trading me Pokemon. Here's a little handwritten, quote-unquote handwritten note. Yeah, 
held items. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. And they all started right here. Color. Game Boy well, Color. I've now we're getting it. Yeah. That that was my favorite part of the game, I think. Because uh, you had you had yellow, which had some color, but they went all out with this yeah, one. Yeah, the color pattern this was really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got this kind of sepia sepia? Sepia? Uh sort of scheme to it that just uh it brings me back. I loved seeing pictures in my old EGM magazines just or uh, there was another one it's some sort of something gamer magazine that just like had these photos and I was just thinking these are so cool these look so cool yeah I, I was enamored and I still love the gen 1 and 2 uh, moves like how they animate on this yeah. on the game and then gen 2 is even better like they would have some stuff that would do effects to uh, the different shades of colors of like the, the life bars and stuff mm-hmm. like it would change because life bars are all green and they would change like yellow to like and like the black parts of it would turn green to kind of show it's like gotten brighter and I don't know a lot of the stuff they did with the color in the moves are really good, really cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely gave it. A, I think more the best in the series, in my opinion. Agreed. Although I will, uh, you know, I we were talking a little bit down on Ruby Sapphire Emerald, but mm-hmm. I did like the color scheme a little bit of that one. It was very vibrant. It was a good contrast. Yeah, well, I think my my biggest issue with uh, Ruby and Sapphire graphics wise isn't really the the color or like the design of it i guess but it was just the the graphics were trying so hard to be next gen but it was like the lowest quality of next gen (laughs) it could possibly be like and then even diamond and pearl didn't improve on it that much and it was on the next generation of consoles yeah it's like for some reason just after gen 2 the the graphics didn't really hold up with everything else I, i don't know exactly what it is but yeah, just look like there were so many other games on those same platforms that looked way better. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about mom a little bit. Mom had a banking system. She was able to take your money from you. She was able to hold on to it for you, even though, like, when you lose, I d- you, you lose some money, is that right? You do. Yeah, yeah you do. when you lose a, a trainer fight. So maybe she hold on, holds on to some money so you're not losing it in case you were just about to run out of money, maybe. But then she spends your money. Yeah. On items you don't even want. Some of them are useful. Some of them are just repels. What the heck? <laughs> I remember, I think my first, my very first playthrough ever back in what, 2001 or whatever it was, um, I elected to have her do the banking system. Like, oh, do you want me to save money? I was like, I guess I'll try this feature out, whatever. I'm eight years old. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and uh, then she calls me and is like, I bought you a Poke doll. And I'm like, why Why would you, do, with my hard-earned money, Mom, why would you well, do this to me? She does apologize. She does. Room. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, she's like, honest. I bought it. I'm sorry. Well, give me the money back, Mom. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. so then, the receipt? So after that, I was like, yeah, stop, stop taking my money. And then I was just... I just noticed how much was actually available to me through the game. I was like, mm. yeah, there's, there's no reason to have the mom... Um, the mom. Save your mo- the mom. <laughs> Say a mother three. There's no reason to have mother three save your money. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's no... That was, but it's a fun little it, include, it's yeah. Cool, but then you realize, like, this is not going to help me at all. Not helping. Yeah. Now, the Pokedex system got updated a little bit for uh, mm-hmm. fans who just wanted to, like, search through it. I and love really... the Pokemon. Like, the color scheme of the Pokedex is yeah. so good. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Color scheme, the filtering system. Yeah. It was an updated Pokedex system, made it made it a lot more uh, user, user-friendly in some ways and stuff. So, like that a lot. Backwards compatibility with red, blue, green, and yellow, right? You could transfer Pokemon between them. This was where it stopped, though, because you could not transfer Pokemon from Gen Two right. to Gen Three. That's why they they didn't they made a completely different type of uh, system for it that Bill introduces in the story, uh, mm. like 
that it's a time travel thing and not like you, you can't just trade back and forth it's like you kind of right. bring them over sure yep so very big and that's thing. to solve a lot of the like there's new moves in this game there's new pokemon and can't have held items or anything obviously right 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 very important but addition. there is a special uh, uh the only way i think to get the uh what was it the um light ball i think it was was to send your starter pikachu from pokemon yellow to uh ah, gold or silver wow. it's hmm. like the only way to get that item and it, it came attached to him as you as you transfer him i believe interesting i wasn't aware of that huh well there are some other specific to crystal things that we can touch on though so first off it's the first time that you can actually choose the sex of your character so you're not just forced into being a boy anymore. You can actually play as a girl. And that girl. persisted throughout the future, I believe. Yep. Yes. Gen yes. three and stuff. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. As it should be, obviously. But uh, right. yeah. So we had that. We had animated sprites. Now this was exciting. This was really, really cool. Yeah. This is like the first of like yeah. To see the Pokemon move Ooh. along with their voice, or quote unquote voice, their sound, their cry. Right. Uh, yeah. It was so Because cool. before this, Pokemon were just a static image. Yep. Yeah. If you could believe it. But yeah, it, it, like this added so much more dimension to it. Mm-hmm. A few frames of animation. It's all it takes. It's all it takes. All it takes. And then, of course, that side story we talked about with Yusin and Suicune was also specific well, and, to Crystal. And the Battle battle Frontier, whatever it was called. The Battle Tower. Battle, battle Tower, tower yeah, yes. That was another edition. Battle Tower. Yep. Battle Tower is kind of like a... It was meant to resemble... Pokemon Stadium, I think, right? Like those missions or whatever yeah, in Pokemon yeah. Stadium? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. More people to battle. Right, right, right. So um, that was really tough from what I recall, but... Another thing that I noticed um, that I didn't remember from the first game was that every time you enter a different area, it shows at the bottom. It never used to do that. And that yeah, was the, Gold and Silver, oh. it didn't do that. That was the start of that That's in true. the Pokemon franchise, too, because I think mm-hmm. it would start doing that where it would show you where, like, what route you were on or like what town you entered. And this would do. I think it's a little too much. Like they're taking way too much of the screen when they it does are. that. They like they could just use like half the amount. Right. But it was pretty cool that that kind of started there. True. Yeah. See that you're on like Route 31 now, and this is yeah. Route 32. Battle system in general, good, great. Yeah, the bat fair battle it's... system uh, was any different in uh, in uh, Crystal. No, battle system was the same. I'm just saying, is in in general. I yeah, want it's like your thoughts. Solid. Think. Yeah, it's solid. I didn't finish the game because I, I don't know. There's a lot to more to talk about that we could do in I guess another, another Pokemon episode. Yeah, but uh, they a lot of the quality of life improvements they made, especially with Let's Go, made it kind of difficult to gr- like want to grind through this game again after getting used to that. Mm. Okay, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, it's been described a lot like Pokemon in general as like baby's first RPG. Like it's, mm. it's kind of one of those things where. It, just on the starters alone, it teaches you, like, there's type advantages, there's type disadvantages, like, you're weak and strong to any other type. In this generation with Dark and Steel, that we're actually fighting chances against every type now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just, like, learning all the intricacies and memorizing the type matchups is, like, a fun thing to do. Like, because once you are comfortable with it, you can build your team to cover everything, and it, like, gets deeper the um, the longer you play it, I think. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. I also just found out now because I'd asked this earlier uh, with the guys in the chat room, um, and apparently Buena's password was a new addition to Crystal. Oh, 
Oh, wow. it wasn't okay. in gold and silver. So when I there's a little part where you get the radio station where you like at 6 p.m. to 12 p.m. every day or 12 a.m. every day, um, you can get the password on the radio station. Then you go up to the stu- studio and you can um, if you give her the correct password, you get a point and then you can use those points to get free stuff. Right. And I was like, I don't remember this in the original game. Maybe I just never did it. Um, but just now I realized that that was a crystal only edition. So how about that? All right, that makes sense because I think I had seen on the soundtrack that Buena's password was specific to Crystal soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. So that would that would explain that. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. That, there's tons and tons of stuff that were added to Gold, yeah, Silver, and Crystal as well that made this just the ultimate Pokemon, and it would just persist as the best game with all these different features that would just carry over into future versions. Like, they would not get rid of because they're just so ingrained in what people love about these series at this point. So... Yeah, had a, had a blast playing it overall. Uh, the Pokemon themselves, how do we feel about their designs? I like the, these Pokemon better than most other ones, honestly. Yeah, it had, it had a majority of like really cool additions, I think. Yeah, this had to be my favorite set of Pokemon. But of I also, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Togepi, so <laughs> <laughs> Togepi is my favorite Pokemon. Yeah. So yeah. like, I I never will evolve mine. I don't think I have, and so <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah, Togepi's to not end. that great anyway. Mm, no, just, just keep it at Togepi. Yeah, Togepi is better. Now later on, yeah. you get Togekiss though, which yeah. is pretty. Cool. Togekiss is great, but I do like using Metronome as a like a high level Togepi, and then just like <laughs> Rex. Like I, I successfully used I think Fisher three times. I was so about far. to say, yeah, Fisher <laughs> comes out, and you're like, oh, okay, you just see this little tiny egg guy. Right yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. him. But for me, I think like uh, Gen one and Gen two, on a percentage basis, have about the same. Um, level of amount of Pokemon that I like. Yeah, it's probably like 80 to 90% of the Pokemon introduced I like. From Gen 3 on, it starts to just get lower and lower mm-hmm. with each gen. So I feel like this was the last time where a majority of yes. the things they introduced were yeah. good, made sense, that. like were appealing, all that type of stuff. So I do enjoy Rotom in like the later games. He's one of my favorite ghost Pokemon. Yeah, like there, yeah. there's exceptions to the role like uh, Aegislash and X and Y is yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, uh, but, but majority of the additions, right. I agree yeah. with you. Majority of the additional uh, Pokemon's added to this game, yeah, are the best of all the other series. Now like is I'm, that? Oh, go ahead. I, like I'm not pining to use Garbodor at any point. No, you know no, saying? never so. really super interested. In yeah, <laughs> garbage Pokemon. Now is this rose tinted glasses though? Is this us looking back and Probably. saying like, or is it legitimately these designs are more attractive? To, uh, yeah, I, that's tough. I mean, like I touched on earlier with Gen Three, I think there was just something so low quality about the graphics that maybe that had something to do with it but i did like it's not like it went from 80 percent of the pokemon i like to like 10 percent. like there, right. there's still a lot of good pokemon in the rest of the games i just think generation 2 had a lot of um because you know all the concepts weren't taken yet <laughs> now they're on like yeah 700 and something pokemon sure. so yeah yeah it's, it's tough for me to say too i would say it's a combination of like being so hyped up for that game and then um and and that affecting my kind of uh, of opinion of like what I like the best. Sure. But I still like prefer I don't know prefer their designs over kind of like the crazy Pokemon have gotten. That's fair. Recently. That's fair. I think it was also the first time because we this was the first time that we had ever experienced. Oh, this is a Pokemon that we've known and loved for a long time, 
and all of a sudden here's a baby form here's an evolution like whoa i never thought this one would have an evolution and now we kind of come to expect with new generations that oh this is the evolution of one that came out like two generations ago okay well yeah that's cool and all but it's expected so yeah there was some novelty in there for sure well we still got tons more to talk about and i feel and we're already out of time (laughs) but um we're gonna have to throw some more stuff up online so look forward to we're gonna do some online only uh portions for this one because pokemon is just we love it we love it so so Mm. much so uh we're going to be talking about pokemon competitively with one of our special guests uh miguel who has never been on the show before so we'll talk about competitive pokemon battling we're also going to talk about uh let's talk about e3 as well let's do some special episodes on the website so go to lagradio.kuci.org and follow us there on the uh wordpress site you'll be able to see all the posts all of the Everything, basically. All the playlists and all the recordings will be up there. Uh, Just real quick, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you for Alex for joining. Thank you for Henry and Rand for joining. Do we have a time for my request? We are going to jump into your request, which we... yeah, which we promised. So we're going to listen to Game Corner. And then after that, we're going to close out the show with uh, Battle vs. Kanto Gym Leader and Oak Research Institute. So last couple of tracks. So we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. My name is Marmar the Midboss. I've been joined by Alex, Brandon, Henry. Next time we're going to cover Portal 1 and 2. See you next time. Thank you.